Montana. And I'm Samantha. And you're listening to Reaper Tales. And today we're going to tell you about haunted places. But before we get started, Samantha, what are we drinking? I am so glad you asked, Montana. We are drinking, technically you, are drinking the Pina Gulata because, you know, haunting, ghosts, all those things. Um, so I'm going to give you a quick heads up. This makes 12 servings, so don't be thinking you're going to fit this in a glass. Um, obviously, you can reduce as needed. Um, but this is this is one to share, folks. So in this one, you have three tablespoons of corn syrup. You have to make blood, which is going to be three tablespoons of corn syrup and a fourth a teaspoon of red food coloring. That's for the blood little dashing on the top but for the drink you're going to do 20 ounces of pineapple juice one can which is 15 ounces of cream of coconut half a cup heavy cream one cup orange juice 10 ounces of good quality rum you're going to mix the corn syrup and the red food coloring together to obviously make the blood detail on the glass Um, and then for the drink you're going to whisk together all of the drink ingredients and you're going to place two and a half cups of ice in a blender with all of the ingredients or add one cup drink mixture to that. And then you're going to blend until it's nice and smooth. You can add more pineapple juice if it's a little bit too thick and keep repeating with the ice in the mixture, pour it into your prepared glasses, put the little blood detail on it as you like, and you're good. And it actually is really pretty. Yeah. Um, Let's try well, it. We'll I, haven't, it I, haven't, I haven't actually tried it. And per it usual. Sounds, it's, it sounds like obviously a spin on the pina colada. So it should be pretty close to that. Oh, it's good. It's really good. Um, I didn't follow the recipe, um, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I didn't, I don't drink mixed drinks like that. So I wasn't going to make like a big old batch. Mm -hmm. Um, And my husband's not going to like something like this. He doesn't like coconut. Well, it does say for like a tip, you can make the mixture, like the drink mixture ahead of time, several hours in advance and just chill it. And then you can do the ice mixture. Yeah. As needed. Well, I measured with my heart and soul. Um to as try as and you do. To try and make it into like a single serving. Um and I didn't have corn syrup, so I used some of the cream of co- coconut with food coloring, which worked. I mean, same it's consistency. Fine. Yeah. yeah it looks good. And it's not as sweet as corn syrup, so I prefer it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but it's good. And I use um I use coconut rum extra coconut nutty i like coconut so yeah i do too i don't think you can go wrong with it yeah so cheers it it's pretty good cheers to haunted places haunted places ah funny story um i researched this a month ago this was the day that i texted you and was like we're not recording tomorrow uh, because I spent all day researching the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. So I've had this done for a while. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it worked out. It did. It did. So I'm going to, I'm going first and I'm going to tell you about the USS North Carolina or known as BB 55. All right. Hit me. Uh, my resources are true ghost stories of the USS North Carolina and Wilmington. 
Battleship USS North Carolina, Port City Paranormal USS North Carolina, BB-55 on Wikipedia. And then I have some other like cited articles on Wikipedia, just like references to things that I say in it. So check out the show notes if you want to see that. And yes, I'm going to give you a little bit of history because it's me. Yay. Yay. I... Okay. The USS North Carolina is probably one of the most famous battleships in history. And uh, I didn't, I had never heard of it. You don't regularly look at battleships? Well, the thing is, is like, I love history. I do. It's like, mm, I, I just love history. But just like painting, knitting, gaming, reading, gardening... Um, <laughs> and all the other things and all the other things that I hyper fixate on uh, I just don't have enough time or you know attention span to learn everything there is to know about it okay so fair enough. that's what that's what I'm gonna blame it on so not knowing about this battleship while it hurts my history loving heart doesn't come as quite of a shock after knowing that okay the USS North Carolina was ordered on August 1st, 1937, and was, quote, laid down on October 27th, 1937. And I didn't know what laid down was, which led me to believe, like, no one else that listens to this podcast knows what <laughs> that is, except for you're maybe probably Paul. Not, you're probably not too far off. So I looked it up. <laughs> Thank you, Wikipedia, for making that easy for me. <laughs> Um, it's the formal recognition of the start of a ship's uh, construction. It is often marked with a ceremony attended by d dignitaries from shipbuilding companies and the ultimate honors of the ship. Apparently, wow. shipbuilding follows the same project laws that all other careers do. You need to have a million meetings and a celebration before even kicking it off. <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, a cheers to me getting a new job. Yeah, cheers <laughs> to that. And I don't have to do that anymore. What I found interesting, and none of you will probably find it interesting, <laughs> but I'm going to talk about it anyway, was the time frame in which our girl got commissioned and built. After World War I, there were a lot of treaties signed in, especially treaties that concerned the limiting of naval arms. These treaties were created in an attempt to staunch an arms race. I'm not going to go on a deep dive and bore everyone, but basically the Washington Naval Treaty, which was signed in 1922, was finalized with amendments to include terms from the London Naval Treaty and the Second London Naval Treaty by 1936, and it was commissioned the next year. If you remember from your history class, there were some countries, not going to name any names, that renounced many of these treaties in the mid-30s. Uh, oh, yes, that. That uh, whole thing. Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking um, about. JK, I'm not going to mention any names. Uh, one of the most popular of which was Germany's renouncement of the Treaty of Versailles. Uh, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Um, which kind of kicked off another world war. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Whoopsie. No, no big deal. Yeah, that aside, why do I find this interesting? Well, our girl, the USS North Carolina. Okay, I'm sorry, but I got distracted. Somehow my cat got back in. She's smart. She's just like behind me kicking her head. And I'm like, what did, where did you come from? I just let you out. Okay. Anyway, proceed. Um, 
Our girl, the USS North Carolina, was the lead ship of the North Carolina class of fast battleships. It was the first type built for the United States Navy. Since it was built under the Washington Treaty System, her design was limited in the displacement and armament. This basically meant she was limited to the amount of, like, weaponry or the power of the weaponry under these treaties. However, those sneaky, pesky United States folks used a clause in the Second London Naval Treaty to increase the main battery from the original armament of 12 14-inch guns in quadruplet turrets to 9 16-inch guns in triple turrets. I'm not a weapons girly. If there's anything that people in the United States love, <laughs> it's big guns. Right. <laughs> right. And the um, only thing better than big guns are bigger guns. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I didn't know what this meant because, again, not a weapons girly. So I looked it up. And if you don't know either, fret not, my dear listeners, because <laughs> the Naval History website explains it sort of to me. Pretty much they swapped more. So they took, they swapped more of the guns with less power for less guns with more power. That's basically what they did. Okay. Coolio. Finally, our girl was launched June 13th, 1940. She fought in many battles, like a bunch. And she was a badass from all accounts. I'm not going to go into every battle or any of them. But I will say she also survived a typhoon, a typhoon cobra. Um, but that's not what we're here for. We're here to learn about her ghosties. Right. In 1947, USS North Carolina was decommissioned and placed in reserve. She was stricken from the Naval Vessel Register in 1960, but was saved from the Breakers Yard by campaign to preserve the vessel as a museum ship in her namesake state. In 1962, the North Carolina Museum was open in Wilmington. Uh, fun fact, I'll be there next weekend, which you will be. Visit? I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Okay. Um, but for listeners, um, it'll be, I would have been there last week because this episode's not coming out for a bit. How are you, mister? Yeah, I know. Aboard the USS battleship North Carolina, there have been several reported sightings of full-bodied apparitions, particularly one of a young man with blonde hair that has been seen navigating his way through several, several passageways. Both apparitions and shadow figures have also been witnessed peering through portholes and around dark corners on the lower deck. There have also been several reports of large, heavy hatches and doors having been opened and closed by themselves lights turning on and off, items on the USS battleship North Carolina moving by themselves, electrical devices turning on and off, objects being thrown, people being touched, the sound of running footsteps, disembodied voices calling out from the deepest recesses of the ship, and multiple series of EVPs have been captured. To name a few. To name a few. In September of 1942, the USS North Carolina sustained extensive damage when she was struck by an enemy torpedo. This attack killed five men on impact and injured 23 others. The area where the torpedo struck is said to be one of the most concentrated areas for paranormal activity. Makes sense. 
And in April of 2009, Port City Paranormal began an investigation aboard the USS Battleship North Carolina. And a lot of this comes from their website um, that we're about to talk about. Um, So buckle up, buckaroos. The first visit the team made to the ship was disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Way to start it off with a bang. Uh, Since a lot of the more haunted areas were closed off for restoration, this was in April of 2009, the team reported finding out quickly that the ship had its own, quote, personality of pops, groans, and creaks as it cooled down after the hot day. For this reason, care had to be taken to prevent their evidence from possible contamination by noise and drafts from open draftways. The team reports having heard footsteps that were not their own, faint voices, and loud, unexplained bangs. Two team members also reported being touched while all of the team made note of localized cold spots throughout their time on the ship. Throughout the night, the team reported that there seemed to be a, quote, playful spirit that led them on a chase about about the aft of the ship. Additionally, the engine room seemed to be home to one of the lonely sailor that looked, sorry, that took a liking to one of the PCP ladies with the team. The woman reported feeling her hair being pulled gently, but she had to leave the area after becoming nauseated and dizzy. Upon leaving, an EVP was recorded with a ghostly voice saying, quote, don't go. Nope. Uh, I listen to it. It's freaky. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And and I'll link uh, in the show notes to their website. They have all these EVPs and like videos on there. I have one to show you when we get to it. Okay. The team didn't stop. Can't wait. (laughs) You know, that's my bread and butter. Butter. I love it. The team didn't stop there, though. They returned in December of 2009, and this time they were free to explore the entire ship. This visit was a bit different since they had a film crew from the university working on a paranormal documentary of Port City Paranormal known as, quote, the Soulmates, or Soulmates, unquote. Which, funny. Soulmates, Uh Soulmates. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I needed to make sure you understood. Yeah. Let me over-explain it to you. <laughs> that is so good. Okay, better? <laughs> yes, thank you. You're welcome. The team quickly wondered upon their second investigation how long they could last in the bowels of the ship as the temperature had dipped into the 30s. But I wouldn't. I'd Mm-mm. be done. I'm already done. Just saying. I don't, I don't like cold. Using both wireless and hardwired cameras, the team quickly set up to record as much of the vigil as possible. Digital audio recorders were also placed to document the night's activity. The team reported that from the moment they stepped on deck, the ghosts of the USS battleship North Carolina were watching their every move. When Doug, a member of the team, commented on how cold it was, a ghostly voice was picked up saying, yeah. (laughs) No duh. Right? When the team set up near... Some of these are funny. <laughs> when the team set up near the ship's barbershop, they accidentally broke a light bulb. John Mike, another member of the team, remarked, Uh-oh, quote, uh-oh, we're in trouble now, unquote, before another voice was picked up on the EVP suggesting that the team, quote, tell the truth. <laughs> okay. 
The team also recorded a series of whispers and moans throughout their investigation that night. The voices reportedly responded to the team's questions and even called some of the team members by name. Doug, groaning while stepping over a particularly high combing, said, quote, I've got to lose some weight, unquote, before a ghostly voice was picked up on the recording saying, quote, is that right? <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> Uh, I love, I love a sarcastic ghost. As the team made their way throughout the ship, they noticed the sound of dripping water, which caught their attention from deep below officers' country. From the flooded lower decks, they heard move in. There were reportedly the sounds of footsteps sloshing through shallow waters, although these sounds were heard by the team but not recorded. Unable to access this particular area, the team lowered a microphone into the blackness where they picked up the softest of whispers from far below saying, Hello. After echoes passed, the team reportedly picked up the voices again saying, We're down here. No. You can stay down there. (laughs) You're going to be by yourself. Yup. Later that night, Doug and a writer decided to investigate by themselves. Dumb. Actually, in my notes, I said smart, but I actually meant dumb. I was being sarcastic. I'm going to leave that to ghosts from now on. The two encountered something zooming from the darkness and directly towards the writer when they entered the engineer's office. Quote, whatever it was came so fast and was so close, it was a blur. I focused and saw a face staring at me, leering, just inches away from my nose, was the face of a man. Time slowed. I saw his skin was pale and his large blue eyes sparkled. His hair was yellow with a reddish tint to to the ends, and it seemed to float about about his head and face. Just as I realized what I was gaping at, he broke into a big smile that widened into an even broader grin. He seemed quite amused at my startled response. Then, just as fast as he appeared, the face retreated back into the darkness, till till there was only a tiny point of light in the distance. The speck of light winked out and he was gone. And actually the writer ended up like whacking Doug in the face because he fell into it. Oh, okay. Yeah. The team made a final investigation in January 2010. Quote, from the moment we arrived on the ship, we knew there was something different that evening. The author uh, wrote, the ship seemed Charged with static electricity, and it was colder than our last vigil. Doug commented on the temperatures, so did someone else. Quote, soft whispers and mumbled voices followed us through the ship. Knocks and bangs answered our questions. We used EMF detectors to detect slight changes in magnetic energy fields. Backed by RF detectors. In theory, the spirits can use the same equipment to communicate. There is no definitive proof of communications using flashlights or meters. Kind of like what, what happened in the um, jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't have any of that. But EVP recorded during these sessions back up our experiments using a an ar- using alternate means of communication. The video that we have posted is just one of the unexplained events that occurred during the vigil. That was a quote from the Port City Paranormal. And the video that they're talking about 
It was taken when three members of the team, team Jane, Jennifer, and Allie, headed down to the brig area at approximately 1 a.m. Uh, Doug came with them so that he could change the disc in the static video setup located near the brig. And as Doug worked, the girls entered the brig and began to explore the first cell on the ride. They took pictures and recorded an EVP session. With his back like to the brig, Doug changed the disc, stored it, turned, and returned to the main group on the deck. What you can see is, hang on, I'm going to send you the link. I'm going to let you watch it. Okay. So tell us what you saw. Well, the door just kind of swung and looked like it kind of slammed shut or open. I don't know, one way it was, or another. It was like and swinging then, out. And, and then it, it swung again, but it was almost like it was somebody just like opening it to exit and then closing it behind them. Yeah, kind of like one of those swing doors that you uh-huh. get in restaurants where they can swing in and out. It's kind of mm-hmm. like the cell door, but there's nobody around it. Mm-mm. No, this. in fact, this guy comes walking out of nowhere in front of the camera. It's a little startling, but yeah, yeah it was very weird. And, the, and it's probably just the camera quality, but it kind of looks weird in that section of the camera, too. Yeah. Well, and what they said was like that... When you when you're actually like opening that door, it squeaks. Like you can hear it squeaking if you're opening it. But when it, they recorded that, none of the recording picked up any side of sign of like squeak. And in fact, the women were down there with it, and they didn't even hear any the door squeak at all. And Doug Weird. didn't hear anything. He just saw the door swing okay so that's freaky that'll be in the show notes you can go check that out Uh (laughs) anyways that'll be in the show notes but that is the uss north carolina okay that would be fun to visit that um i don't know if i would want to visit it i don't know it sounds pretty creepy just in general um you know obviously we have a battleship in Mobile that I didn't get to go to. The kids did, but they said it was super creepy when they were down there. So there's something about being in a ship, I think, especially one that's had history. Well, when you talk about like battleships, you're going to be, there's going to be death associated with that. Mm -hmm. No matter, there's no way around it. And as we know, as paranormal experts, JK, we're not (laughs) at all. If, you know, paranormal stuff exists and i believe it does there's got to be some sort of like just like you can be affected by tragedy and things like that i would imagine the energy surrounding like tragedy can leave a mark on where it's at so i believe actually some very very overwhelming tragedies as mm-hmm. well i mean that's just a lot of energy involved i have a hard time believing anything other than that i mean they'd have to it, it only makes sense really mm-hmm I mean, because even if you believe in science, energy never disappears. It's, no, it's just it, transformed into it's something just transfers, else. transfers, so I had to go somewhere. Well, good job. Um, sounds yes. super creepy. Um, I kind of want to visit, and I kind of don't. <laughs> well, like all the other places we've covered. 
if I do visit it this weekend, um, it's just going to be like a picture on the outside. Uh, your girl's not going in. Fair. We know I'm a big baby. Big scary. Yes. Scary yes, cat. You are. So. The story will have to do. Well, thank you very much. That was interesting. Um, I, I, if Paul listens to this, he'll probably want to go visit it while we're in town. Well, um, it is five hours away from us. <laughs> yeah. Well, knowing him, he would still want to go at some point. Well, uh, I guess it's my turn. So I am going to tell you about the Gaines Ridge Dinner Club and Gaineswood. Very, very little bit about Gaineswood, but mostly the Gaines Ridge Dinner Club. I love a good dinner club. Yeah, uh, that's that's what I always say. Located at 933 Alabama 10, Camden, Alabama, the Gaines Ridge Dinner Club was built in the 1820s and began serving food in 1985. It boasts indoor and outdoor dining areas, a simple menu that includes seafood, sandwiches, and desserts, including their famous black bottom pie, Mm. along with several friendly ghosts that seem to live on the property. I love a friendly ghost. Now, because I know you want to know more about their famous black bottom pie, per Alabama.travel, there's always a black bottom pie waiting to be sliced and served at this restaurant, which opened in 1985 and has served the pie since the beginning. It is amazingly light, fluffy, and smooth. In one bite, you'll crunch into the ginger snap cookie crust layered underneath intensely flavored dark chocolate custard, a bourbon-infused chiffon, and a topping of freshly whipped cream and grated unsweetened chocolate. Well, that sounds delightful. Sounds pretty tasty, honestly. Yeah. Gaines Ridge says it didn't invent the black bottom pie, but nobody else in the state makes a better one. It's worth the trip, not just for the pie, but for the atmosphere of the place, the furnished with antiques and maybe even a friendly ghost. Samantha, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but... As I do, I pulled up Facebook just to close it down again. And the first post, I, the first and only post I saw because I went to close it because I realized I was doing something, was what you posted yesterday. And it was you, the notebook, it's the saddest movie ever. Me, an intellectual. And it's just the, <laughs> it's the clip from the Fast and Furious like 8 or whatever <laughs> where they're driving away from each other. It's so sad. No, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh it's just because I'm smarter than you. It's okay. Go on. <laughs> okay, so I know you want to know more about the history and why there seem to be ghosts hanging out on the property. I do. I figured. That's what we're here for. From what I could find, the house is a two-story antebellum home built sometime around, it says sometime in the 1820s, so it obviously wasn't clear when exactly, between Black's Bluff and Allenton, and is one of the oldest structures in the area today. Reverend Ebenezer Hearn, which, all right, Ebenezer, that's quite the name. I wish they would bring Ebenezer back as a name. (laughs) Like, truly. Could you imagine seeing a kid with the name Ebenezer? You'd assume he was always in a bad mood just because of Scrooge, but. Yeah. Like, I want to. Somebody out there, please name your next kid Ebenezer and then send us pictures because I just want to see. I just want to know what a. Send us pictures of your creepy kid. Yeah. I actually don't do that. Um, that's, <laughs> so I was laughing like you're it sounds really food. weird I take all of that back actually okay. I don't t- actually name your kid Ebenezer though I do I do yeah. want that to happen and tell us how it goes yeah uh so Ebenezer Hearn was a meth was a Methodist circuit rider and one of the early owners and gave Gaines Ridge its historical name which was the Hearn place 
The Gaines in the name of the building is from the Gaines family. That name might sound familiar. It didn't to me. It probably doesn't to the majority of you. But some of you might think Gaines sounds familiar. Uh, But as George Strother Gaines and his brother General Edmund Pendleton Gaines captured Aaron Burr and McIntosh Bluffs when Burr was arrested and sent to Richmond where he was tried and acquitted for treason. Ah, okay. All right. Um, also, when you said he was a meth, uh, I thought the I thought the story was going to go in a different direction. This dude, that's back <laughs> of eighteen twenties. Wow, he was ahead of his time. Completely different direction. <laughs> that was the previous episode we recorded. <laughs> Sorry. In any case. <laughs> Ebenezer Hearns served during the War of 1812 in the 1st Regiment of West Tennessee Infantry. After the war, he left the military and became one of the first Methodist ministers in the state of Alabama, which was brand the state was brand new at the time. He also founded several Methodist churches, including the First, Metho- first Methodist Church of Tuscaloosa, and some say that he, he founded the most Methodist churches in the whole state. So he's really doing the Lord's work. Yep, he is. He passed away at the age of 68 in 1862 oh, on no. Christmas Eve. Oh, no. His poor family. <laughs> what a Christmas gift. Right? I don't and mean to Christmas laugh. This year. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> jokes, on you. Jokes, jokes on you. I didn't buy any of you any Christmas gifts. <laughs> Thank God. The procrastination <laughs> actually pays off. <laughs> Okay, sorry, I had to. Anyway, and he was buried at Camden Cemetery. The house was eventually purchased by the current owner's great-grandfather in 1898 and has been in their family ever since. They opened, the business, they opened for business in 1985, and most thought it wouldn't last six months. Her great-grandfather's name had been Fail, F-A-I-L, and they couldn't, obviously, they couldn't name their business The Fail Place, for obvious reasons, especially since most in town expected it to do just that. Well, I mean, in today's age, um, millennials would do that 100%. Yeah, I love a good ironic name. (laughs) Yeah, right. I would go just because of the name, honestly. Truly. The house was eventually passed down to its current owner, who is Betty Gaines Kennedy, which is interesting. Betty Gaines Kennedy. Mm. I'm sure the name happened for a reason since that was her great-grandfather and they already owned it betty opened the home as a restaurant with her sister hayden Gaines marsh in 1985 according to weird uh, weirdus.com which by the way that is a really good website i started to go down a rabbit hole i had to stop myself while i was writing this um most of the article was quotes from the owner so it just made sense to kind of quote directly from the site since i mean like 75 percent of it is just quoted directly from her um, so this is all quote, quote, some ghost experts might speculate that the spirits inside the old house were awakened when her father began remodeling. Heard that before. Anytime mm-hmm. you're making changes, they don't like that. Quote, the house has changed in appearance from when we first moved out here. My father was an engineer and he changed the front totally. Originally, there was a little stoop of a porch in the front. It was just an old farmhouse with a one story porch. Somebody gave him some columns, so he felt he had to put the columns up. If anything was left over from the work site, he brought it out here and added it to the house. The kitchen, this is actually 
pretty cool. The kitchen that we use is the original kitchen. At one time, it was detached from the house. My father jacked it up and put logs underneath it and rolled it over and joined it to the original house. A lot of the old houses were like that. They had a breezeway connecting the kitchen because of fire and heat. Uh, fire That's and heat. Interesting. So they didn't like a lot of them I've seen. They build they build out that middle part and it just becomes like a hallway or something. But he literally jacked it up and just like, we're just going to connect that. We're just well, going to take this middle piece, which is quite interesting. They also did it because they didn't want to see um, slaves working. Yeah, well, that's very inconvenient. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't want to that. <laughs> the ghostly activity at the Gaines Ridge Diner Club started up after the restaurant had been open for three or four years. Quote, I was still working for the government and lived in Oak Hill and didn't have my little house out here yet. I had come down to get ready for a party the next day. One of my cooks lived just up the road. She worked for me about 15 years. She was helping me that night. I don't know exactly what we were doing. Two of us were in the kitchen working and I needed a cook pot from upstairs. So I went to go get it. It's a good ways from the kitchen. And while I was up there, she screamed and said, Miss Betty, Miss Betty, come quick. Oh, Lordy Jesus. It just scared me to death. I thought she cut herself where there was a fire. She screamed so loud that I dropped the pot and went flying down the stairs. I opened the door and just burst into the kitchen. I said, Maggie Bell, what in the world's the matter? She looked at me and she was just calmly chopping onions. She said, Miss Betty, I didn't call you. I didn't see anything. What if she actually did and she's playing, like, trolling her? It'd be hilarious. <laughs> it, the voice, wasn't way off. It was as if she was just at the foot of the stairs. My great-grandmother's name was Betty, so I don't know who, if whoever was calling was calling her or was calling me because she did live here briefly. Hmm. A different ghostly sound was heard by Mrs. Kennedy's daughter one evening when the kitchen was almost filled to capacity. One time I was in the kitchen. My daughter came in the kitchen and said, You've got to come out here. Somebody's fallen in the ladies' restroom and we can't get the door open. What? I went over there and they were all standing around the door. They said, We heard her fall and her head hit the door, so we thought she was jammed up against the door. I finally just shoved it open and there was nobody there and nothing had fallen. So they'd been uh. sitting there trying to get the door open, but it wouldn't open and she just managed to shove it open somehow. And there's just nothing there. Huh. Miss Kennedy says that the ghost occasionally re reveals itself through a different sense. My sister and I have smelled pipe smoke up in the front room, even though no one was smoking a pipe at the time. I haven't smelled the pipe, pipe smoke in a long, long time. When we first opened, we could smell it, and sometimes we would go up there and it would be really strong. A family tragedy dating back to the 19th century is probably responsible is probably responsible for the most recent manifestation in the Gaines Ridge Dinner Club. One of my great aunts weighed... <laughs> One of my great aunts weighed 350 pounds and she had 13 children. Mm. Back then, particularly in the wintertime, babies slept with their parents for several months to keep them warm. One night, she accidentally smothered one of her babies. I think she rolled on the baby or placed her arm on him. My great-grandfather was instrumental in her not being tried for murder. I guess if I had 13 children, I might feel like smothering one of them too. Oh my God. <laughs> I believe she said that out loud, but okay. My mother told me this story when we were fixing up the house. She never told me when I lived there because she didn't want me to be afraid to stay there by myself. And she never told my other two sisters either. Sometimes late in the evening, waitresses or kitchen help have heard the incessant crying of a baby coming from one of the upstairs rooms. The source of the cries has never been found. It's a ghost. It's a ghost baby. Like that would be the worst haunting ever. Right? I don't know. That... 
there's something about the crying of a baby, but a disembodied one? Oh, no, thank you. Yeah. No. I'm good. Yeah. Rather Could not. you imagine like you 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 you've spent your entire life trying to be child free and you buy a house that is haunted by a baby ghost? <laughs> like I would be so pissed off like you did not warn me about this or I would have never bought this house. Right. This is on you. Yeah, I Get money back. I would be so incensed. <laughs> so mad. Ugh. I need to make sure and put a clause in all of future home purchases that if there's any type of ghosts that show up within the first six months, I get to get my money back. And yeah, right. The house. I'm fine with other. Actually, I'm not fine with other ghosts. I mean, I could I could probably manage it. Just like I reserve the right to ask for a refund and go get another house. Let's put it that way. Yeah, same. Ghosts I can get behind. But I, I have some like hard, hard and fast like uh, caveats to that. Like, I don't know, a dancing slave owner <laughs> who likes the fiddle. Like that's a, a that's a big no for me, dog. Um, Disembodied baby cries or even uh, child laughter. Nope. No, yeah, that's you. pretty creepy. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I've I've been like traumatized since Pet Cemetery. I don't want to hear a child laughing out of nowhere. That's I, I would assume they're coming at me. It wasn't Pet Cemetery for me. It was your stepdaughter. <laughs> I did it. What was that? <laughs> oh my god, she's. <sighs> I told her that she traumatized you last time. She, yeah. She uh she likes to talk in her sleep or laugh or like ask you questions and then when you answer, she's just staring at you and I'm like okay well this is normal. <laughs> I'll never forget the night where I I like it was one of the first nights. It wasn't the first night because the first night I spent the night with you and they were there. She fell asleep on me, and uh, she didn't wake up that night. But I think it was like the same week or something like that. She fell asleep on the couch. And I was in the guest room and I just hear like this kid screaming bloody murder. And I'm thinking like, I'm thinking somebody's breaking in and like choking the life out of her or like they've got a knife or something like that. No, no. I run into the, into the living room. She is standing in the living room screaming that she needed a paper towel so that she could blow her nose. I was like, first off, you don't blow your nose with paper towels. Um, but okay. She was dead asleep. Yeah, you came and got me, and I came out, and I said, what is wrong? She said, I need to blow my nose. I was like, go get a tissue from the bathroom. Okay. And then she just walked into the bathroom, got the tissue. I don't even know that she used it. Sat down, got back in the couch, went right back to sleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Kids freak me out, man. And then I was like, all right, well, um, good night. (laughs) I don't know what else to tell you. (laughs) Like, dude, um... Um, good luck getting back to sleep i need something a little bit stronger if i'm gonna be saying here (laughs) other reports of ghostly activity in the Gaines ridge dinner club have come to betty kennedy's attention over the years her son told her that he saw white a, a white shape pass through the windows in the second floor room and come down the stairs like many restaurants the Gaines ridge dinner club has tried to capitalize on its haunted reputation from betty kennedy's point of view the ghosts are almost as big an attraction as the food When they read the ghost story on the back of the menu, people are always really interested in it. I call it my ghost truth because it's what really happened to me. We serve a lot of groups here and they all want to hear about the ghost. I do embellish the stories a bit when I tell them to children, though. Girl, I would do the same thing. I embellish every story I ever tell. 
Uh, we all know that. I'm a Leo. <laughs> I, yeah, it makes perfect sense. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> From AlabamaHauntedHouses.com. Evidently, some of the building's past residents have taken a liking to the restaurant, as it would seem they simply won't leave. The ghost of an unidentified woman has been seen floating past windows and heard screaming and calling out. A baby's cry is often heard, even when there are no children present. And one room sometimes fills with the aroma of pipe smoke, even though no one in the building is smoking. Some people claim to have seen the apparition of a tall, bearded, gaunt man dressed in a black uh, suit as well. Perhaps it's the spirit of the building's former owner, Ebenezer Hearn. It's just Ebenezer. Don't worry. Don't worry about him. He's just going to preach to you. It'll be fine. You'll go to sleep really well. <laughs> Another post on blog. I'm trying to sell you math. <laughs> In your brain, maybe. <laughs> I can't. Previous story. Let me just say it again. As it turns out, our late, our, uh, this was from uh, blogspot.com, um, and this was their, their actual, uh, they went there and this was kind of their experience, but I took this excerpt from their blog. As it turns out, our late supper on Friday night at Gaines Ridge was not entirely uneventful. After we'd been there for about a half an hour, a young waiter was clearing another table not far from where we sat. A man and woman had been sitting there earlier, but they'd finished their meal and had left us alone in the room. As the waiter cleared the vacant table, something clattered loudly to the wooden floor in the middle of the room between the two tables. Honestly, at first, I thought that something, perhaps a small screw or a wooden peg, had fallen from beneath our table and onto the floor. When I looked down at the object, my eyes met what looked like a large piece of shiny, clear glass. The waiter stooped, picked it up, and examined it closely. It was a piece of ice. Wonder how that got there, he said, motioning to the cloth napkin that the ice had fallen out of. Maybe the ghost put it there, he said, shaking his head. <laughs> we began to talk, and I asked the waiter if he really believed that the house was haunted. He said he didn't know if he believed all of the ghost stories that he'd heard about the house, but he did say that he definitely smelled the mysterious pipe smoke that's often reported in the house. When I asked him if the smoke was smelled in any one particular room, he shook his head and said, no, it happens in any of them. This dude's just going around to any room he can and smoking a pipe. I mean, he probably, it, it was his house at some point, so he probably smoked all over the house. I wonder if, like, um, he's a ghost, but he can see who's there, and so, like, that's his entertainment. Like, he doesn't really get TV. Or but... maybe they're the ones that need Jesus. Maybe. He's um, like, you know what, I'm going to hang out with you for a little while. Is that okay? I got I got to talk to you about something. God, if we he's, he's, he's there ministering to somebody and they can't hear him, all they can do is smell his pipe smoke. It's just driving him crazy. That's why he smokes so much. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe there's nothing in his pipe. Who knows? There's another location believed to be haunted, also named for the same people we spoke of earlier, and it's called Gaineswood. Gaineswood is located on five acres in Demopolis, Alabama, and it's about an hour long drive from the dinner club. It was built by General Nathan Bryan Whitefield between the years, and this is another one where they weren't sure. I don't know if they weren't sure when it was built or if it took this long to build the whole house. It could go either way, honestly, because this place is huge. Um, but it was built between the years of 1842 and 1860. It's now operated as a museum, though some of the time it may feel more like a haunted house. The architecture is not to be missed. I've seen pictures and it's absolutely stunning. Um, and it's very much like old time plantation style that you think of. But the official term for the style is Greek revival style. It has columns in the front and large porches and a large rooftop viewing area. Um, that's a big like circle literally right on top of the roof. 
According to a plaque for the site, quote, built using materials and artisans glorifying the Greek revival architecture by combining Doric exterior Corinthian grand ballroom, ionic parlor, and dining room with mirrors, chandeliers, columns, and domes. This house was named for General George Strother Gaines, who we already mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Gaineswood also happens to be haunted. At least that's what some b- visitors believe that they hear a when they hear a phantom piano playing while touring Gaineswood. It's believed that the nanny of General Whitfield's children is playing the piano. The reasoning is that the nanny and the children enjoyed playing musical instruments together and she played the piano. So it only makes sense. She died one winter at the house and her body was sent back to her home the following spring. So just to clarify, her body stayed in or around the house all winter. And was sent back to her home in spring. I mean, that's what they did back then. Well, her spirit never left. It just stuck around, apparently. Um, Because she loved the children too much to leave. And, you know, her body had stayed there long enough. I mean, maybe she was stuck. Or maybe she was like, look, I never got my last paycheck. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just going to hang out. I hope you don't mind. I know you've got that money somewhere. Just whenever you're ready. I had to take care of your brats. Come on. It's the least you can do. <laughs> the house and museum um, has many uh, family furniture furnishings that are on display. Uh, there were actually some that they had been left there, but also several antiques were donated by the family even after they moved away just to kind of be like period pieces for the museum. And tours are still currently offered at the museum. You can go there Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 4, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., they are closed on holidays, and you can tour it yourself, or you can contact them ahead of time and get a guided tour. But so, that's a place that you can actually go to and visit. So it's kind of like Sloss, where you can either do it yeah. by yourself or, yeah. Right. Okay. And that's all I have for uh, the two Gaines places. Let's just call it that way. Oh, okay. Well, good job. Uh, great job. If you like a little... Little ghosties, not scary ghosties, but ghosties. Yeah, um, I don't, but thanks. <laughs> Just visit during the day. Yeah, uh, maybe. I don't know. We took very different turns on this. We did. Um, I've Again. Been, look, I've been obsessed with ships since I know. we did the um, ghost ships. Um, no, since before then, and you kept mentioning ghost ship in the, it, we weren't covering ships but you kept mentioning it we we still haven't seen that movie by the way we still i mean cinematic masterpiece yeah i heard fan fighting but um no we covered um ghost ships or uh vanishing vessels that's what Mm -hmm. it was yeah Um, which also can be ghost ships look here's the thing i don't like ships um (laughs) okay i don't like being on boats for in the ocean it just seems not safe. Um, it probably isn't. It's not. It's it's not. Um, so I'm just obsessed that people used to just spend a lot. And like now they, they pay a lot of money to do it. But like they used oh, yeah. to like just spend uh, years on them traveling around the world. Yeah. And you didn't even know for sure where you landed was going to end up being where you were supposed to land. Because you were frequently mile or miles away from where you intended to land but hey we were pretty close yeah and i mean we're not even gonna get into the bermuda triangle look 
<laughs> that's that's too much. <laughs> no, I just I definitely won't be going through that area in a boat. I'll, I'll say that. I'll I'll go a lot of places on a boat. I'll be staying away from that area. I just I want to get that feeling that I got when I first watched that movie Ghost Ship. Um, when I was like, you know, you wait I, long enough, you might completely forget about it. Oh, I yeah, you can re-experience it. The opening scene for that movie is just so epic that you you can't forget about it okay paul and i will watch it tonight if i can keep them away yeah um just be careful um read trigger warnings if the girls are gonna watch it i wasn't Uh, planning on that because it's kind of gruesome but um i mean it doesn't really hold up i'm gonna be honest it's not that great (laughs) of a movie but the feeling i got when i watched it in like middle school or whatever it was just like oh my god this is the most amazing movie i have ever seen in my entire life (laughs) And, I, I, and now they, it's replaced by Twilight. Yes. <laughs> there's there's this thing that happens. Like um, recently my friend Liz just like texted me earlier today and she's reading a book that I absolutely adore. And I have reread it a few times. And she was like, I finally found it at the library. Look, I'm going to read it. And I was just, I texted her. I was like, I am so jealous that you get to experience reading this book for the first time. And I can't. Like, there's this, have. I know. Well, I want to do it again, but you can never get that same experience. Um, all of that to say that ghost, no ghost ship does not like hold up, but that opening, I wouldn't expect it to was just phenomenal. And I want to okay. get that feeling back. So that's why I keep looking at ghost ships. I'm like, there's going to be something. <laughs> maybe I doubt it. Nothing. Is, nothing is going to be like that. Keep I'm searching. Just yeah. Um, just keep searching. So you're welcome. I'm going to continue to bring you ghost ships as you continue to bring Black Widows. So <laughs> it's my new deal. It's my new hyperfixation. <laughs> oh, goody. You're welcome. Anyways, happy spooky season, everybody. Um, it is. We are deep in spooky season at this point by the time we release this one. I know. We have like a million I need to edit. <laughs> We got a little bit of a backlog going on. Uh, just a little bit. Uh, so we do these marathon recording sessions, three you, episodes a day. You guys are about to get uh, a whole bunch. Anyways, Samantha, you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. We do this for you. Uh, That's right. And also because Montana entertains herself as I, well. I do. Throughout the- <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Reaper Tales Podcast. How about email? Email me pictures of your dogs or cats or birds in costumes at reapergals at reapertails.com if you do i will post it on social media montana can send it to me so make sure it's something i can post but please by all means we appreciate it thanks in advance because i can't dress up any of my animals because most of mine are cats and they would kill me um please like rate review subscribe and all of the lovely beautiful things that all of you lovely readers or readers listeners do for us we'd greatly appreciate it um i'm not gonna go into in more detail yeah you guys toes. got this toes um you could probably dress dum dum up he wouldn't care you're right he wouldn't even notice nope there's not a single brain cell behind those nope. eyes so just just black you could do it yep anyways until <laughs> next time we love you we mean it okay bye the reaper will come for us all.